This week's episode is brought to you by Going to Disneyland, a guide for kids and kids at heart by Shannon Lasky. This interactive guide and activity books has info on attractions, shows, and restaurants, along with fun activities, games, and quizzes. With built-in trip journal, scrapbook, autograph pages, and fill-in-the-blank spots, it's sure to be a magical souvenir of your visit. Hello and welcome to Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show and home of the world's first pair of independently born identical twins. I'm George. And I'm Jeff. And I'm really excited that we're going to be going to Epcot today to... What? Well, not like physically, but like if you close your eyes mentally, you can imagine you're in Epcot Center of 1984. Oh yeah, I kind of can. It's hot though. It is probably a little hot. Maybe we should imagine like a month where it's cooler. So maybe like the end of November, beginning of December, we're going to... Oh, okay. There. We can do that. We can it's a little do that. nice. Yeah, that's, that's fun. What are that's we doing there, though? Oh, we're, well, we're going to explore a, a pavilion from the World Showcase, George. Okay, okay. What am I wearing? Okay, you're wearing these dorky shorts <laughs> and a fanny pack. <laughs> am I accurate? So, you mean like last week's vacation? Just like last week's vacation. Like, okay, yeah, that makes perfect sense. So Basically, like, whatever you wore last week is exactly what you wore back in 84. That makes per- my yeah. awesome shirt that actually says awesome on it. Yes. Really? No, no, no. There's, that never happened. It doesn't exist. Oh, but. let's forget it. Let's go to history. It's time for Disney History. On September 7th, 1984, Morocco became the first new pavilion to join Epcot Center's uh, World Showcase, making it the 10th country to have a pavilion at the uh, permanent World's Fair. Now, it was located between France and Japan, and Morocco, compared to its neighbors, may seem a little bit understated. You know, looking from the promenade, the dark sandstone walls with the uh, cylindrical gutters poking evenly from the surface, they, they rest beneath a replica of the Ketuba Minaret of Marrakesh, which was a prayer tower in the 12th century. So, but aside from the minaret, there are no major landmarks shown, like the other countries around the lagoon have displayed proudly. This is because being in the pavilion is supposed to represent the experience of being in the city of Morocco. In Islamic cultures, the exteriors of buildings are typically plain, with interiors being lavish as a way of symbolizing the value of spiritual transcendence over material wealth. But the apparent simplicity of the exterior is deceiving. Morocco is, perhaps more than any of the other pavilions, willed with a wealth of detail that makes it a wonder to explore. And once you step into its alleyways, you'll actually feel like Aladdin and Jasmine in a whole new world. Well done. Well done. It's, it's been a while since it has. So I'll, I'll let that one pass. Okay, anyway. So on the lagoon side is Souk, Souk Al Maghrib. Uh, they invite guests to shop for bra- brass plates and uh, belly dancing accessories. And of course, after taking in uh, a showing of Moroccan on the nearby stage, those belly dancing things may seem like a good idea, but trust me, in retrospect, they are most <laughs> definitely not. And I'm not saying this from experience, I'm just letting you know. 
<laughs> um, so as you walk across the walkway into the pavilion itself, you'll notice the intricate uh, craftsmanship of the tile work and the architecture. And at the heart of the entrance is one of the focal points of the pavilion, which is a colorful fountain in the shape of an eight-pointed star known as a katim, uh, offering a reassuring sense of solace from the heat. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, the unusual shape of the fountain, one square overlaid diagonally atop another, has mystical symbolism for the Islamic people. According to one Muslim legend, Solomon used his uh, sort of star to entrap genies. But in Arabic culture, the symbol dates all the way back to ancient Sumerian myths and is associated with the goddess Ishtar, who embodied the light of dawn. Even more colorful is the archway leading into the interior, the interior of the pavilion. So this spectacular structure, known as the Ba Bajulud, which I totally said wrong. That sounds um, good, though. Close enough. It features a mosaic work in a swirling blue and yellow, with one large pointed uh, Islamic arch flanked by two smaller arches, serving as portals into the many corners of the area. And when the pavilion was being planned, uh, King Hussein II of Morocco arranged for 19 malems, or artisans, to travel to Walt Disney World to create the mosaics, to ensure that they were the highest standards of cultural authenticity. And the archway is meant to represent the passage between the new city, which contains uh, the restaurant, the uh, Tangerine Cafe, and the Gallery of Arts and History, and more, from the ancient city, which is called Fez. Hmm. And you know, we wear Fezes because Fezes are cool. Fezes are cool now. I knew that was coming up sometime, so. Okay, but passing through the portals, you enter an alley flanked by more sandstone buildings. To the right is a series of shops, the Tangier Traders, which features clothing, leatherwork, and jewelry, the Brass Bazaar, the Outdoor Bazaar, which has the Kid Cot Stop, uh, Casablanca Carpets, and Medina Arts, which features pottery and lamps. The extensive marketplace, where you can smell incense at every turn, uh, offers a remarkable assortment of some of the most authentic souvenirs in all of the World Showcase. Now, the last room of these shops is one of the hidden gems of the entire World Showcase, especially uh, in bad weather when it's raining. Uh, you know, it's usually a room for meet and greets in the rain, but the room itself is absolutely gorgeous. The entire decor makes it feel like you're in a room in a royal palace. And there's all the trappings of a study along one wall with medieval scientific equipment, they have scrolls, and lots of books, with this one beautifully ornate book open to the story of Aladdin in both English and Arabic. And the book shows this great view of Agrabah, and along the far wall on the other side you can get the same view, but life-sized. Um, and curtains also hang from the ceiling with cushions on the floor. And, you know, we're not usually one for meet and greets, but this one is, like, totally gorgeous. Well, we like Communicore Weekly meet and greets. We do. We do. But those are different. Okay. So, um, as you continue walking around the pavilion, you might notice that the name of nearly every sign first appears in uh, Arabic calligraphy. While calligraphy has been important in most cultures, the intricate art of handwriting has a special place in Arab cultures. For many, it holds powerful association with the Quran, in which the beauty of the penmanship reflects the beauty of the sacred words and message of the holy text. There is a more practical side to it as well. Since Islam forbids its pract practitioners to present artistic representations of human figures in any way, uh, and that's a taboo that's mostly respected in, in the Morocco pavilion. Um, but Arabic cultures instead place artistic energies into other outlets like mosaic work and uh, calligraphy. Calligraphy. I'm just saying calligraphy. Yeah, that works. Um, even centuries after the printing press seemed to make such exquisite script, you know, kind of seem needlessly ornamental, Islamic cultures like Morocco demonstrate great pride in their language and its presentation. 
At the furthest point in the alleyways of the old city is the entrance to the restaurant Marrakesh, which is one of the most spacious dining experiences in all of Epcot. The ornate ceilings stretch two stories above you, with beautiful lantern chandeliers dangling high above. The dining room is a wide open space with four long seating areas with tables that are spread out, allowing you to take in the whole scene. Uh, filled with details such as latticed arch windows, colorful mosaic walls, filigreed carvings in the wall borders, and understated kaleidoscopic designs in the carpet. The restaurant also features performances by musicians and belly dancers every so often using instruments such as the kanun, a many-stringed instrument, or a drum. Now, back outside, you might wander toward the, fed ha the Fez House, and the Fez House represents a, what a domestic courtyard may have looked like in the city of Fez way back when. And, you know, there's more geometric mosaics, carvings of dark wood, and there's a fountain, and there's also a balcony here. And if you listen closely, you may also hear the sounds of Moroccan children playing in the distance. A door at the end of the courtyard opens into the Gallery of Arts and History. The room, which has a fantastic display of artisan craftsmanship, is also very quiet despite the noise outside. Lantern chandeliers offer mood lighting, and light also beams in from the stained glass windows. Now, the gallery also features museum-quality exhibits that change every so often so people can have a different experience on every visit. And if World Showcase is meant to make someone appreciate another culture, then this room is literally the embodiment of that, because it offers like a good 20-minute detour into the history of Moroccan culture. And across the way, you can get some quick bites at the Tangerine Cafe, which has the non-Avengers-themed shawarma platters, wraps, and more. There's even a pastry counter and a coffee bar in the back. And more baklava. And if you head back towards the front, there's a stand where guests can get henna tattoos, made of a cosmetic dye from the plant of the same name. And henna is often used at wedding celebrations, with henna art being a part of, you know, social celebrations and holidays since ancient times. And there's also the Spice Road table, which is offering, you know, Mediterranean fare along the lagoon itself. And along the lagoon, you'll find some structures featuring Mediterranean tree and plants, um, all irrigated in a unique way to, uh, that's appropriate for Morocco. Water is drawn from the lagoon by a large wheel and into a shallow well. From there, a series of ramps carries the water through small channels to each planting area. And basically, we've got Morocco in Morocco's a nutshell. pretty great. I, I yeah, love it. Is. It's, it's always... probably my favorite pavilion because it's the only one for me where i feel like you can go in and actually get lost in and like feel like you're in another country exactly and of course everybody goes in and tries on the fezes of course that's well especially now after doctor who but that's true that's true but yeah i always enjoy walking in the back like you said and feel like you're getting lost it's, it's amazing yeah. i really do like it back there yeah, but we want to know what you think about Morocco Pavilion. The Morocco Pavilion is one of your favorites. What's your favorite part of it? What do you like doing there? Checking out Moroccan something? Give us a call on the Communicore Weekly Goat Line at 424-785-4628. That's 424-785-GOAT. He's a nerd. He's a geek. But we all like to hear him speak. So listen up to the words from his speech. It's George's Book of the Week. So Disneyland and, by extension, Walt Disney World travel guides are literally a dime a dozen. So when Going to Disneyland, A Guide for Kids and Kids at Heart by Shannon Lasky showed up, I was immediately drawn to the amazing cover. Uh, I, I knew that this guide was going to be something different and something special. 
So right. before I say anything, I'd say full disclosure. Oh uh, yeah, I've been kind of following this, uh, the creation of this book for quite some time. Um, having seen some sneak peeks, and I helped answer some questions for Shannon. So, but ah. when I'm talking about it, I'm being completely unbiased. Uh, I'm like taking all that out of my head. Uh, that said, it's not your typical guide that is, you know, aimed towards kids. And, you know, it doesn't have a lot of words and such to get through. This is literally something that your kids can take with them on the go in the parks and look at again and again. Um, from cover to cover, it's bright, it's cheery, it's gorgeous, and it has amazing art in it. Yes, original art, which yes. we'll, we'll look at in a, in a bit. So the book, Going to Disneyland, it was obviously a work of love for Lasky. Not only did she write it, but she illustrated and designed the entire book. And I was mesmerized by the illustrations. And it's one of the, the rare times that not having photographs actually worked out very well in the book. Um, Lasky doesn't mince the history or the actual guide to the park. Her writing style is very appropriate for elementary age children, but she never talks down to the kids, or like in my case, the adults. They're actually reading the book. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I was actually pretty amazed at how many history tidbits and hidden things she was able to cram into the book, mm -hmm. especially onto like a single page. Um, and like George said, it like it never patronizes the reader, no matter what age you are. And it's all shared in a fun, like lighthearted manner. And it's it's actually really, really impressive. Yeah. So Lasky covers all the basics uh, of visiting Disneyland. It's 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 sort of what you'd expect in a travel guide. You know, but she even outlines which uh, attractions were opening day, or she'll give you the year that they were open, and she'll give you sort of like the fear factor. Like she called one of like light and lively, you know, if it's if it's more of a fun ride like Dum Dumbo. Um, she even talks about uh, the food available and what the kids might like to try, and you know, the book is interactive in the sense, not like your iPad or your iPhone, but Lasky allows space in the book for you or the child to write, you know, what's your favorite attraction, any special memories, your favorite food, any thoughts you had about your vacation. Uh, and she also offers special games to play, which I really like. The beginning of each land, so to speak, had a little game that you could play that was mainly like talking, sort of like I Spy, you know, with my eye, so you could interact with the kids. And it, it sort of gives you like a real FaceTime for the families, which was nice. That yeah. was nice. And, you know, Lasky also went out of her way to include artwork of people that she really likes or that she really admires. Like, uh, Rolly Crump has some stuff in there. Our friend uh, Colby Radigan has something Colby. in there. It's really cool, actually. Yeah. And in addition to her own art, I mean, the ec the extra oh, yeah. perspective of that, in addition to her unique style, it really added to the overall content of the book. And it's something that she didn't have to do. Um, yeah. It would have been just fine on its own, but it really adds more to it. And, you know, it's not only informative, but it's it's really great to look at it as well. Yeah. So e even if you've been to Disneyland a hundred times, like the Hunters, Lassie's guide to or her going to Disneyland guide is going to be a new experience. Um, and and she really offers a completely adorable way to look at the park. I mean, her illustrations are really really cute. Um, the design is a lot of fun, and it it is going to appeal to children and adults both. So, but but you know, even if you're not going to Disneyland anytime soon, it's still way too beautiful of a book to pass up it's just gorgeous yeah yeah i mean it's a great way to visit the park quote unquote uh if you're not heading there anytime soon definitely one of the most gorgeous books if not the most gorgeous book to come out in 2015 about the parks and it, i mean it's certainly in the running for the best looking <laughs> book period that's for sure yes it is yes it is so i uh, i think we both urge you to pick it up it's beautiful it's well designed it's a great guide to disneyland 
offers history and everything else. So this week's book is Going to Disneyland, A Guide for Kids and Kids at Heart by Shannon Lasky. If it's a legend that you seek, come on and take a peek at the window of the week. This week's window is at the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World, and it reads Central Casting, James Pacella, Director, Tom Eastman, Pat Vaughn. No shoes are too large to fit. Now, uh, J- James Jim Pacella helped to run the original casting and training program for Walt Disney World, and he was the head of casting. Tom Eastman helped to run the casting and training program as well, and he was the head of the Walt Disney World arm of Disney University. And Pat Vaughn helped to run the casting and training program as well, and he was the head of employee relations. Sometimes you might see it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look, what's that? It's a five-legged goat. So at Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom, if you head into City Hall right there on Main Street, you'll find this beautiful mural behind the guest relations counter. And the mural depicts the uh, Chicago World Exhibition of 1893, one of the greatest, you know, quote-unquote World's Fairs ever held. And of course, this is kind of a slight reference to Walt's father, Elias, who was working as a carpenter at the exhibition, which fascinated Walt. And other references to the exposition are also in the Crystal Arts, also on Main Street, where there's framed photos of the event that are displayed all over the place. Oh, I love the, the goats to the family. Yeah, goats I mean, they're nice wonderful. little subtle hidden things. Yes, they do it that way. So, Okay, so we are near the end of the show, and it's time for us to announce our year of a million or so limited time cadets prize winner. And before we get to the winner, just want to remind everybody, all you have to do to be part of this year-long prize giveaway is email communicorweekly at gmail.com with your name, address, and birthday so we can get the prize out to you. And yay. So this week's prize is a copy of, uh, it's actually a Going to Disneyland fan pack. Yay. Uh, I hope it does include a fanny pack. Um, No, I just read fan pack. Probably not. But it does include the book, Going to Disneyland, A Guide for Kids and Kids at Heart, by uh, Shannon Lasky and all sorts of other fun things. And contractually, we're not allowed to tell you what the other fun things are. Well, George, I can. There's like a book bag and some stickers and like bookmarks. It's actually pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, so this week's winner is Jeffrey V. from Cincinnati, Ohio. Hooray! Hey, congratulations, Jeffrey. And I would like to see what's in... (laughs) Jeffrey with a G. Oh. So I guess it's just a Geoffrey? Joffrey, like a giraffe? Yeah. No, no, not Joffrey. That's the guy from Game of Thrones that nobody likes. Oh, okay. I won't say that then. Yeah, okay. But uh, anyways, uh, Jeffrey V, please send us a photo of you with your uh, Disneyland fan pack. We'd love to see what it is. So, okay, guys, but we have reached the end of another episode of Communicore Weekly. Thank you so much for watching and listening to us. However you absorb the show, you know, leave us a comment on iTunes or rate us on iTunes. Leave us a comment on YouTube, wherever we want to hear from you. Please do. And email us at communicorweekly at gmail.com, not only to enter the contest, but to say, sup, Colby. <laughs> I see what you uh, did there. Uh, um, you can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash communicorweekly. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Imaginerding. He's at Jeff Heimbuck. And of course, you can always give us a call, leave us a voicemail on the Communicore Weekly Goat Line at 424-785-4628. 
and visit communicorweekly.spreadshirt.com and pick up some incredibly well-designed t-shirts. You have to, you really do. And, you know, if you want your official cadet membership card or, you know, a Communicore Weekly sticker, send a self-addressed stamped envelope to Communicore Weekly, P.O. Box 432, Orange, California, 92856. And you can always visit patreon.com slash Weekly and find out how you, too, can support the greatest online show. For Jeff Heimbuck, I'm George Taylor. And for George Taylor, I'm Jeff Heimbuck. Thanks for listening, guys and gals. We'll see you next time on Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show.